everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Drag Show. This is the place where you get to see drag for what it really is. You get to learn what it really is, because knowledge is power. Drag is one of the most beautiful art forms I have ever seen in my 47 years on this earth. It is like a diamond. You can look at a diamond and it's stunning, but you can shift it and you see something totally different, but equally as stunning. And that, my friends, is what drag is. Drag is a diamond. It looks different for every drag artist there is. Each artist is different because they put different things into it. But it is beautiful across the board. And I have an amazingly beautiful guest today. But before I bring her on, you guys, if you like this show or any of my other shows, if you want to help support what I am doing to try to make a change in this world, please go over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash this fat girl life. There you can see all things under the this fat girl life umbrella, different workshops that I have coming up, different guests that I have coming up, different shows that I have coming up. You're the first to know over there. But you can also become a member. Membership is $5 a month, but you will get member only exclusive content that nobody else gets to see. You will get discounts on merchandise and you will get my down, my PDF journals at no charge. They are my free gift to you for being a member. So buy your girl a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash this fat girl life. Mm -hmm. Now today you can already see her little picture over there, but I'm making it bigger. Y'all help me welcome Desi Dazzles to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Of course. How are you today? I am great, thank you. I'm getting over a cold, so I'm a little raspy, but I'm definitely happy to be here. What? There is something sexy in with the raspiness. <laughs> thank you. I, I know I feel like Lisa Kudrow on Friends. <laughs> Love that reference. Love me some Phoebe. Right, right. She was always my favorite. <laughs> I'm Chandler was mine. Well, yes, Chandler. I mean. Chandler is the best character, hands down. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you know, his mom's show, Viva Las Vegas. Yes. What a classic. <laughs> and I love the fact that I live in Vegas now. So, like, I right. Maybe, maybe you'll, you'll catch it. <laughs> if not, I may have to produce it myself. Right. Make your own. It'd be great. I think I should. I think I should. 
I love that yeah. idea. I'd go see it. Well, I'm telling you, I'm I'm letting the cat out of the bag because I have not really put this on the buy me a coffee coffee page yet. So if this episode airs before I post it, you get to know first. Ooh. I am hoping that starting in June, my goal is June or July. I'm going to start hosting virtual drag shows. Oh, that's awesome. Artists performing a couple numbers on Zoom with limited audience. So if you are wanting to be in the audience, you will have to buy your tickets. Yes. And most of my events are donation-based. Free admittance, donation-based. This, I'm not sure how I'm going to do that yet. I may do a small, like, $2 ticket fee just to cover Zoom costs. But, right. you know, I, I'm still working on all the, all the kinks in it. But it's coming. Well, you can't get better than that. That's awesome. I'm excited. You may have to participate in it. I would love to. I am I am extending the invitation to every every king and queen who appears on this podcast to be a part of it. Oh, that will be so exciting. That is coming up. I haven't even announced that. I haven't announced it anywhere except for two guests that I'm interviewing right now. So Ooh. you're in the new first. And if this episode airs before I start publicizing it, then y'all got the cat out of the bag. Ooh, I feel so privileged. <laughs> <laughs> but let's focus on what we're here today to talk about, which yes. is drag. Yes, I love to talk about drag. <laughs> so why don't you tell us about your drag? Yes. So, um, excuse me real quick. <clears throat> um, I got into drag. I come from a very, very small town. Like there's literally like less than 2000 people, no stoplight, very small. Um, and it was a very white, straight community, like no diversity. And one of my friends I in high school to talk to you, cause I want to know what small town you're from. Yeah, so um shout well, out to after. a shout out to Kingsburg, Colorado. <laughs> Kingsburg, Colorado. Um we are about ten miles away from the Tiger Kings Tigers. God, why does that sound familiar? Um, there's only been bad news about Kingsburg. We had, um, a murder out here. Kingsburg, uh, K-E-E-N-E-S. I've driven yep. through there. Oh, that's why. <laughs> I've driven through there. I grew up in a small town, too. And you blinked and you probably missed Kingsburg. <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing it on the map, though, but girl, Vona. Went to high school yeah. in Shout out, <laughs> SHS Eagles. <laughs> so I know that small town. <laughs> right. It's hard. It's hard life. Um <laughs> but I had I had a friend 
we did theater together and she also another shout out Sonia Rita um she started she brought drag to Weld County really in Colorado um her and people at um Northern Colorado University came to Greeley and started doing drag shows and like making a more queer space for people um because there really wasn't any presence there at all and I I fell in love with that and I was so excited for her and then I'm I became disabled and I needed some extra cash and they needed someone to pick up their tips and I was like hell yeah I'll do that like that sounds like so much fun and it just kind of evolved into me doing drag and burlesque and it's been so much fun ever since. I love that. I love that. So for you coming from a disabled place, which I totally understand. It was kind of like a new beginning. Absolutely. And what's even cooler about my experience with drag is I found out I have Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, um, which is a rare connective tissue disorder. And I found out what I had at the same time as like I started drag. So it's kind of been an experience together. And then the only people I know in Colorado with Ehlers-Danlos syndrome are all drag queens or kings or drag creatures. Um, but they're all part of the drag community, every single one of them. So it's uh, definitely an experience that was intertwined together. So how does all of this new legislation make you feel? Um, I mean... Angry would definitely be like an understatement. Uh, we're we're just going back into time with how this is. I mean, this is taking us back to the Stonewall era, which that's where Pride began. Um, you know, where the cops would come, raid the Stonewall in, bring people to jail just because women would dress like men or men would dress like women or they would be dancing with the same sex. We're going back to that era and that's what makes I think like especially this pride season so important for us to stand up and be like we're not we're not being shoved back into the closet like we were 50 years ago now I'm gonna ask you a question and I haven't really talked about this on any of the other episodes I've recorded but knowing where you live. I lived in Colorado Springs at the time of the Club Q shooting. Yes. Does that come into play at all in your mind when you perform or when you Uh, think about pride? I mean, absolutely. I think it comes into all of our minds as performers um i had commented on the club q story because i'm friends with a lot of um the people who performed at club q um who um were friends with the victims unfortunately um and a lot of people who were you know good friends with the brewery who saved so many lives really Mm -hmm. um and it's 
it's scary, but it makes us more motivated. I think like it's, it's scary to think that we could be in the same kind of situation and, you know, we could lose our lives just doing our jobs. But really, that's the case. I mean, Colorado is a perfect example of that being the case anywhere. The Walmart was targeted. Columbine was targeted. Aurora um, Theater was targeted. The King Supers in Boulder that I used to work at was targeted. Like every single place. I mean, a grocery store, a bank, a theater. That's not just LGBTQ. That's every person. Yeah. But the shooting is more reason for us as LGBTQ people to stand up and say, you know, it's not okay for you to invade our safe space and think you can take away our joy and our happiness. Like that's not, that's not happening. We're not going back in the closet. You're not making us be any less than or making us dim our shine at all. Now, I'm going to ask you another question because, again, you're in a somewhat different situation because you are in Colorado that, you know, is a state that really kind of proud to say that I was from there because it has been made a sanctuary state by Mm -hmm. governments. Does it make you feel any kind of way knowing that you are in a state that is being protected by the government as much as can be in comparison to other states like Tennessee? Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, Colorado is extremely expensive now, but I would never leave here um, because we are so lucky with being, you know, a blue state, um, having our protections, having so much like acceptance and love um, and understanding and also a voice when it comes to our community. Um, Like it's not just one perspective out here. And my best friend lives in Texas and I absolutely can't stand it. I The stuff she tells me, I'm just like, girl, come back to Colorado. I don't know why you're out there. And same with Tennessee. I have a sister-in-law in Tennessee. And it's just, it, it's disgusting. It's really disgusting how lawmakers are only looking out for a certain type of people and not, ev- not everybody. Because everybody's human. And that's who we're supposed to be looking out for is the people in our community and those people are in your community. So you need to be looking out for them, not just who you want to choose to look out for. Well, I'm going to voice some opinions here and go off. (laughs) Are you very echoed within the drag community within the LGBTQIA plus community. I routed those off without a mistake. I'm so proud of myself right now. Good job, right? <laughs> I get twisted very easily. My husband, like he saw it on TikTok of the Legibitiqua, you know, making it like its own tribe. I've heard Alphabet Mafia, Rainbow Umbrella. 
there are so many terms, but the fact that right. I got all of those letters off without stumbling, I'm proud of myself right now. Right. You did it. Always do that. <laughs> I can barely say my name some days. I swear. Oh, I understand. I'm with you on that. <laughs> but I, when push comes to shove, I'm getting to the point, you know, I see this legislation. I see the hate and it comes down to one question how are you personally being affected by what someone down the street does absolutely not affect you personally then stay out of it shut your mouth let them be absolutely Absolutely. As long as you're not hurting somebody else, then what is it my business? What you're doing? I mean, it is your life. It's not my life. That's completely up to you. And I've never really understood why people are so concerned with who you want to date or what you want to do with your life or how you want to look like. I don't see why it matters, but to pe- to People, and unfortunately, people in such high power, it does. And it only matters. They only want to, like I said, help people who look like them and who are part of their scene community. Like, not really their geographical community, but, like, you know, the people they associate with. The problem with all of this, and this this is part of what really gets me is the people who are creating these laws, who are pushing this anti-drag, anti-trans, anti-LGBTQ, anti-interracial narrative are the ones who created it to begin with. Yes. Because drag started with Shakespeare. Because white Christian men did not feel it was appropriate for a woman to be on stage. Therefore, the white Christian men were the ones who got on stage in their place, dressed in drag as a woman. And now it's an issue. It wasn't an issue when they were doing it. No. So what is the big difference yep and it's it's so sad to i mean be kind of feel like you're on the outside looking in on these situations but we're also not i mean there's stuff there's stuff we can do there's stuff like this you know doing these story hours um you know doing more outreach to children i was just at a place where we were supposed to do a story hour, but we ended up not. We just ended up hanging out with the kids while we were in drag. And it was it was so much fun and just kind of like, you know, showing people that there's no reason for them to not want drag in around like children. Like Exactly. And the 
this is my example, and it'll probably be my example till they put me in the ground. Cher is iconic. That woman, plastic surgery has been good to her. Life has been good to her. The woman is 75 and still up on stage looking fabulous. Right. Almost fair. You know, she, I love her. But the turn back time video, that outfit, gorgeous though she may look in it, she can wear that and walk into a public library and they'd hand her a book without a problem. Mm -hmm. But a drag queen who is dressed, you know, from the shoulders down, completely covered, looking like a grandmother is not allowed to read a book to children. Well, in my, like, a take that just, that, I mean, it angers me, but also makes me laugh because it's absolutely ridiculous, is um, that drag queens are grooming children. Um, You, I mean, look at Britney Spears on the cover of when she did Oops, I Did It Again, or I think it was the album before that, and she's 16, she's dressed very provocatively and she's underage and that was not done by the LGBT community. That's done by straight probably white people, white males producing music. Like, we're not grooming children. Same with beauty pageants and like having... Yes, we're going down this rabbit hole. <laughs> let's, let's go down the rabbit hole. When push comes to shove, they're talking about, you know, the grooming children, the pushing this, you know, gender ideology, sexual ideology. But I'm sorry, let's use an example where the mom is referring to, you know, the little four-year-old in preschool as having a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Or, Absolutely. oh, it's going to break so many girls' little hearts later. Or boys don't play with dolls. Boys do this. Girls do this. How is yeah. that same thing? How is that not pushing a sexual agenda on children? Absolutely. And the other thing is understanding children, too. I, mean, I have a four-year-old, okay? So, I mean, I'm. this is coming from a place of actually knowing something. Oh, yeah. Um, I've, I've got a 23-year-old, a 22-year-old, and a three-year-old grandbaby. Right. So, you know, you're like, I've been down this road plenty of times. I know. I've been to the finish line almost. But, like, my daughter, like I said, she's four. She tells me all that. She told me, she's like, oh, this boy in my class is so cute. Like, I have a crush on him. Or she has a crush on Henry Danger. But then she'll go around and tell me that this little girl is so cute and she has a crush on them. Now, me as a mother, when as a kid, I knew I was bisexual from a very young age, probably when I was my daughter's age. But me being her mother, I'm not, you know, it's, She's four. I don't need to be looking into anything, but I also don't need to be dismissing her either. Like, like if she wants to have those feelings, those are her feelings. And all you can do 
is sit back and let it play out and let her figure out yes. what it is that she truly loves, likes, wants. And it, it doesn't matter whether they're gay, straight, it doesn't matter because even, you know, little girls who, you know, I'm going to use my daughter as the example with some of her choices that she has made in relationships. I didn't like a lot of those choices. But I don't have the final say. Right. It's their lives. I mean, exactly. that's... And all you can do as a parent is be supportive and make sure that they, that at the end of the day, they know that you're there for them and that you love them. And it just like, that's what makes me so sad with the LGBTQ plus community hearing that, you know, so many parents have rejected them and the pe people feeling like it's their fault because it's, it's not, it's, it's the parent's fault. You're supposed to love your child no matter what, like. Just, just so everyone's clear, like, that's on the parent. Oh, I 100% agree with you. I 100% agree with you. And I hate seeing situations where people have been disowned mm -hmm. from their family. And that's why I'm so thrilled to be part of the group Stand in Pride. Because this is a group that was created to fill in those spaces. You know, when somebody has a wedding or a big, a big moment in their life and they just want family there, but their family doesn't want anything to do with them. Right. A group of people across the country that will gladly step in and be that person for them. Right. And that's amazing. And, and I mean, that's how, it should be. And that says something that if your own parents can't be that person, but a stranger can, that's, that's something I, wrong with them. I can say that I am fully ready for pride this year. Well, not fully ready because I haven't ordered the shirts yet, but <laughs> we are mentally fully ready for pride this year because my husband and I will be attending pride in our free mom and dad hugs t-shirts. Oh, I love it. And I am getting, going to have my nails done in the um, rainbow colors. Ooh. Thinking about doing my hair too. That would be and so excited. Be ready for the tears before. though. You'll probably need like Kleenex on you. <laughs> okay, I'm not wearing makeup because I, <laughs> I know better. <laughs> I will have plenty of tissue. But right. I want to be able to be there and show that love to somebody who may not get it somewhere else. Right. And I will be that mom or that aunt or that sister that somebody needs. And that's what says so much about our community and the allies in our community is that even with all of this hate and anger directed towards us, 
we are still all so filled with love. And like, that's really what you want to teach your children at the end of the day. Is that sorry? My daughter wants to be part of the show. <laughs> as long as there's parental consent, I am okay with that. Okay, yeah, she has been, she is a little ham. She's been bugging me. She's like, let me be part of it. <laughs> you know what? If, if she has your consent, then I am fine with that. Okay, Autumn, you want to come here? <laughs> but yeah, at the end of the day, like, we all have so much love in our hearts. And even when we are not showing that love. And that's what's really strong and resilient about our community and our allies, which are part of our community too. Well, is it okay if I ask your daughter some questions? Absolutely. Here. Hi, sweetie. Hi. My name Talk is Kim. What's yours? Uh, Autumn. Autumn, that's a pretty name. Thank you. So, do you get to see your mommy when she dresses up? And what do you think of her when she's pretty. dressed up? Talk loud. Pretty. You think she's pretty? Do you Are like me better with makeup? <laughs> do you, have you met her friends when they're dressed up? Yeah. Yeah, you have. Yeah. You yeah, and ever, you don't know it. <laughs> do you ever feel like it's not something you should be around, or do you like it? I like it. You like it? And what, are, what do they teach you? Um, about dance, huh? Dance. You learn how to dance? Can what about... Sing? Ooh, are you gonna? You want to show her your dance? Can you show me your dance? Or are no. you nervous? Are you a little nervous? <laughs> You're nervous. Okay, you don't have to show me your dance. That's okay. What is and the best thing about mommy when she's all dressed up? What's the what do you like best about me when I'm dressed up? Well, you answer. I don't. It's up to you. Do you like her hair or her makeup or her clothes? Or do you just like all of it? All of it. All of it. <laughs> do you wish that more people could dress like that? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to dress like that all the time? <laughs> Does it seem like a lot of work? Yeah. <laughs> That's why I don't dress like that because it's a lot of work. <laughs> well, honey, thank you for talking to me. Thank you. <laughs> that That was amazing. Thank you. Oh, yeah. For allowing me to speak with her and to truly show that child's perspective. Absolutely. I'm going to hand her this. I have to open her graham crackers real quick. So I'm going to hand her the phone real quick. Oh, and then I'll be right back. I'm sorry. <laughs> you have such a pretty smile. 
Okay, there you go, kiddo. You're so cute. She said bye. Bye. Uh, sorry, she wanted a snack, so. <laughs> no, you know what? That's fine. And honestly, I I feel like everything happens for a reason. And for anybody who's watching or hearing this, that was not planned. Mm -mm. It was not scripted. That is no. a child's view of what drag is. Is it's pretty makeup. Yeah, hair and outfits and dances. That's what children are seeing from drag. Yes, absolutely. They're not being taught about sexual things or anything of that nature. They're no, and she and she does. She'll see my friends in and out of drag, but she doesn't realize they're the same person a lot like my drag sister um we were talking before the airing about her um that denver's best stunt queen um she we went over there the other day to help she helped me sew a dress and my daughter just hung out and was like playing with them and she was teaching her how to wear heels and stuff and then i showed my daughter pictures of her after and she was like oh they're pretty that's it. That's all she had. Like, there wasn't a big, like, lot, like, there wasn't this confusion or this, like, need to go into sexual orientation or anything like that. Like, four-year-olds don't care about that. They're seeing the person for what they really are. Yeah. Which is just an artist, a performer in a costume. Exactly. And I thank you for allowing me to speak with her. Since yes, absolutely. Right there. It was very impromptu. But I love that we just got to actually feature a child's honest opinion on drag. And I, I actually just did a video post this morning that I came across on TikTok of a gentleman in Australia who was dressed in gorgeous sequin suit, like blinged out beyond bling. And I am that blingy girl. Like if you look at my nails, it's all glitter. I love glitter. kind of girl at times. <laughs> but he had this gorgeous, gorgeous shade of pink for the full suit, glittered out like seven inch freaking heels that would break my neck. And makeup. And he was going in and talking to little kids. And it was very, you know, they're like, the kids were like, well, you're wearing makeup, but you're a boy. And one of the kids was like, well, how does your girlfriend feel about it? He's like, well, it would probably be my boyfriend. And they're like, oh. And he was like, am I the first gay person you've ever met? And the kids were like, well, yeah. They're like, and he asked them, what do you think about that? And they flat out said that it was fine. Yeah. They liked the colors. You know, those were honest reactions. And so I posted that video on Facebook today. 
because I downloaded it. The minute I saw it on TikTok, I was like, I've got to share this. Because again, it is an unscripted, unbiased, truly pure reaction from a child. And that's what these people need to be focused on is what's really going on with these kids. Drag is not what is hurting them. No, and it's so, drag is so important. And it's like, if it was really about the children, we would have more representation. We would have, because these kids, they're not thinking, oh, like two kids are, two boys are kissing. Like, that's so weird. They're just like, okay, like, you know, they like, just like a girl and a guy kissing. But you do have those kids who might be like, oh, I didn't know that was okay. Like, I didn't, like, it's not about showing kids and, like, sexualizing kids. It's showing the different characters in different ways that we're already showing this stuff to kids. So it's just letting them feel like they're part of the picture. Kids see this stuff walking down the street with mom and dad because there are people and I don't care what you know, how you identify what sexual orientation you are. There are some people that make a very big display. Yes. Of PDA. I personally, you don't believe there's a time and place for everything. Right. I don't care if you are, you know, how you identify, you know, there's a time and a place. Right. Yes. In the grass at the public park. <laughs> not probably not place. that place. <laughs> but there's no reason. That somebody who is dressed very modestly should not be able to go to a library or a public park and read a damn book. Yes. Because and that may be the only book that that child hears that day. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And the other thing I love people take pictures of drag queens, you know, at like, uh, 21 and up and be like this is what your children are going to see you could look at pictures or videos of some my drag because most of my drag is 21 and up and try to base that and think that that's not okay for children which 21 and up drag is not okay for children no but there's a reason it's 21 and up exactly exactly there's a reason there's an age limit it's completely different like we're not the same performer going into a adult night as we are going into a drag story hour or a all family brunch. They're like, we are all very aware of, you know, what's appropriate for children and what's not. Yeah. Probably more aware than some of the parents, honestly. Yeah. I would fully agree with that. And the thing is, it's just like any other performer. The majority of performers out there. Now, there are some that will, they will cross lines and test boundaries just to do it. Yes. That's called being 
antagonize her. <laughs> I stumble over words, like I said. <laughs> Me too. I'm the same. <laughs> but that happens in the straight community. It happens in the gay community. That just happens. You're going to have people that are going to push those boundaries and see exactly how far they can go. But the majority of performers know where those boundaries lie. Mm -hmm. And they know what I can do with this show, I cannot do here. I cannot do this in a public forum, but I could do this in a private forum that is more age regulated. Yes. And it's just like, you know, a radio artist that has to make two cuts of the same song, one for radio, one that's not. It, it happens everywhere. So why is it solely drag that's coming under attack for it? Yes, absolutely. And that, that's where I, you know, part of where I take issue. It's a small part of where I take issue, but that's part of where I take issue. I feel like, We've already fought the civil rights movement. We shouldn't mm -hmm. have to fight it again. Mm -hmm. And I mean, all of it just shows that this legislation, it's not, none of it's built on logic or reason. It's all just built out of hatred. It, it's reactionary hatred. Yes. It's reactionary. And I think so much of it, because I, I do sit and I try to rationalize in my head. What are these, you know, what are these people thinking? What's really going on in their heads? And the only thing that I could come up with, and it's still not a suitable answer, but the only thing that I can come up with is that there is, that this is all reactionary. Yes. And it's almost like, people took one of those little spinny wheels or drew a name of a group out of a hat. And the LGBTQIA plus and drag community is where it landed. Exactly. Because there was I mean, nothing that was done wrong to deserve this kind of attack. Nothing was done wrong. To deserve this no no absolutely not i think people just have to have somewhere to base their anger at and their frustration that they have to have some kind of scapegoat because have, for, you know anybody should actually go to therapy or go through any type of healing for their own trauma right exactly no heaven forbid we be self-aware and you know work on these things but <laughs> Let's work on our own hatred before we're spewing it into other people's backyards. But, you know, yes. let, heaven forbid that happen. Exactly. It's just, it's yeah. an excuse. I, I don't is what it anymore. Is. I'm done. <laughs> I've hit my mid forties. No, I love it. I mean, I've, you know, like I said, coming from a small town, it being mainly white people. Um, I mean, Clearly, I am a white person, too. But um, it, I was very always passionate about racism and homophobia and all of that in our community. Um, and 
I've always spoken out. And I think you have to because you look back during the civil rights movement or during the Holocaust, like what what side of history do you want to be on? Do you want to be the people who just let this happen? Exactly. Exactly. And so that's a question that I'm going to put out to anybody who hears this or sees this. I want you to be self-aware. So ask yourself, what side of history will you land on? And just really contemplate it and think about it. Because that's what this comes down to. Yep. 100%. So I am going to stay on the side of history that I personally feel is right and supportive. And I'm going to ask you to take over and read us a book. Yes. Okay. So, so I'm giving the screen to you now, honey. All right. I think this book was perfect for um, kind of what we were talking about, about, you know, having to deal with hatred and um, just generally bullies. So I'm going to be reading you The Pout Pout Fish and The Bully Shark. And this book was written by Deborah Deason and pictures by Dan Hanna. All right. Deep in the ocean on a warm, gentle day bubbled lots of lovely laughter and the sounds of happy play. I struggle enough as it is with the camera, so I'm not going to show you the pictures because it would probably just be a train wreck, but just hang with me. (laughs) Mr. Fish, his pals and buddies were together at the park, having fun and feeling welcome when along came... A shark. Autumn, you want to sit for this book? The shark showed his teeth and he growled as he swam. Move aside, microfishes. It's my turn. Scram. Mr. Fish shrank back and he felt very strange. The bright morning tilted and the park began to change. I'm reading a story. Listen. The friends all around him seemed to shrink back too. Mr. Fish's face flattened. Oh, I don't know what to do. Shark acted badly. Being mean is wrong, but I'm just one fish. Am I really that strong? The water slowly calmed and the friends found their way. Back to laughter. Sorry. (laughs) Back to laughter filled frolic and a cheery, cheery day. And the shark came round again, and he used a bad name. He shouted, get lost. I'm the boss of this game. Mr. Fish shrank back with his feelings in a lump. Fear grew inside him in a weird, heavy clump. The friends all around him seemed to shrink back, too. Mr. Fish's face, Mr. Fish's face burrowed. Oh, I don't know what to do. Shark acted badly, being mean is wrong, but I'm just, no, I'm just one fish. Am I really that strong? The friends tried again to enjoy their favorite park, but the shadow of their worries made the day seem dark. 
The unmentioned tension grew when Shark reappeared. He stole a guppy's lunch. Fear the fin, he sneered. Mr. Fish shrank back, and his innards did a flop. He's, his feelings tumble-jumbled. Would the awful ever stop? The friends all around him seemed to shrink back, too. Mr. Fish's face fizzled. Oh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> Shh, bless you. Shark acted badly. Being mean is wrong. But I'm just one fish. Am I really that strong? He turned to leave the park, feeling sad through and through. Then slowly came a thought. There's something he could do. Words can make a difference when things go wrong. Yes, I'm just one fish, but my voice is strong. Mr. Fish turned back and directly faced the shark. It was time to talk straight about what happened in the park. Mr. Shark, said Mr. Fish, you have broken up our fun. Bully isn't who you are, but it is what you have done. The things you did were mean, and that's not what we expect. So please leave until you're ready to treat us with respect. But as Mr. Fish spoke up and his words rang out loud, the friends all around him formed an upstanding crowd. Together they were stronger, now none of them were scared. They cared about each other and the ocean world they shared. Soon Mr. Fish was laughing and his friends were having fun taking turns and using empathy, each and every one. The park filled again with the joyful sounds of play, plus the confidence of knowing how to keep it that way. We are kind, we are fair, we are all potential friends, so we speak up when we need to. That's how bullying ends. The end. That was beautiful. Oh, thanks. <laughs> and I, this is the second episode today that I've cheered. Oh, well, that's good. We like that. Here. <laughs> you guys, that message from a simple child's book. That is the message for the world. Right. Very Only important and very much needed. Wrong. And that's what this legislation is, is it is bullying. And it is wrong. Yes. And absolutely. Use your voice and stand up and call it out. Yes. Yes, because if we don't speak up, then it's just, you know, they can do how what they please. They feel like they can do what they please. If we don't say something, then it's just going to keep happening from state to state to state. And that's that's not OK. So we all have the power to, you know, message our governors, message our state representatives, go to the ACLU drag fund. um, you know, support your local drag artists too. all of that to show that, you know, drag's not going away, whether you like it or not, we're here, we're queer, get used to it. 
And as an ally, I am here too, symbolically holding every hand that I can. Yes. And that's what I mean. What allies do. Yes, you're an ally. And look, you're creating this podcast to get the awareness out, to get the point of view that, you know, drag is okay. We're not these like evil criminals. We're not these like sex sirens. We're just normal people performing and doing what we love. Oh, I'm, I'm good. No. I have met plenty of drag kings and queens. Even before I started this podcast, before I started this process, and this podcast literally came to fruition in two weeks, you guys. Like, I put the call out there for kings and queens, and within 24 hours, I had 25 guest applications of people that wanted to be part of this. And I have met I know a lot of people. If you look at my friends list on Facebook, I have over 700 friends on there. Drag kings and drag queens are some of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. Some of the nicest. So take a look at your friends list. Take yes, a look at absolutely. people you're excluding from your life by choice. Open up your minds. Open up your hearts. And just let people be loved. Yes. Because that's all anybody wants. Is to share a little bit of their love. Share a little bit of their sparkle. That's all it is. Yes. And let yourself be loved. Because if you're with you're with drag performers, like they are going to love the sh- the crap out of you. <laughs> oh, this show is already marked explicit, honey. You can say whatever you want. I was like, I wasn't sure if this is the PG one or no. not. So I'm like, I to... <laughs> no. You say whatever you want. Oh, but yes, they'll love the shit out of you. Like, that's all we do is compliment each other and, like, smile and, like, be so nice. And so, if you don't have drag queens... Watch RuPaul's Drag Race. You're going to see some backbiting. I mean, yes. That happens in the straight community, too. But it's so funny, because we fight about, like, designer labels and, like, 22 inches of hair. Like, it was not 40 inches. My cat is named after a drag queen. (laughs) <laughs> I quite literally in fact where is she just sprawled out on the floor <laughs> does a death drop every time I look at her I love it she is ready for life she is going to shablam the runway <laughs> I know right she embodies her name's sake that's all I can say I love it. Fifi O'Hare, if you're watching this or you're hearing this, please come on my show. Oh, (laughs) I have my own words for Fifi O'Hara, but I'll keep them to myself. You know what? 
I named my cat after her though. And I love it. Her fully. Either the <laughs> sweetest thing ever or Jupiter little bitch. I love and it. At least no you know, in between. At least she knows who she is. It's the best thing. <laughs> yeah, she totally knows who she is. <laughs> she owns that and she makes sure that my dogs are afraid of her. Oh, see? My dogs are bigger <laughs> than my cat and they're afraid of her. Yep, she has that Fifi, that Fifi attitude. She's got that Fifi <laughs> energy. I'm telling you. <laughs> this is you know, why I named my animal after a drag queen. Right? You know they're going to have some funk. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And why not give her a name of somebody who is that strong? Because right. drag kings and queens have been through the fire. And oh, they yeah. came out on the other side. Oh, yeah. And a lot of times drag is what got them through. Drag Absolutely. Is and they come out they smiling. Came. Yeah. So remember, drag is beautiful. Drag is art. Drag is therapeutic. Drag is so much, but it's yeah. not dangerous in any way, shape, or form. Nope. I do have one final question for you. And okay. I, I told you during the interview I'd have a final question. Yes. And it has absolutely nothing to do with drag or okay. anything we've talked about. Okay. <laughs> if you could be any animal, what would you be and why? Ooh. I love this question. And I'm asking it on every podcast that I have. That's it's such a good thing. <laughs> it's such a good question because I don't know. I would want to be a lizard. Because I feel like lizards are, they just bask in the sun and they're like always warm and they're like kind of constantly dehydrated, I feel like. And so am I. So I relate. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I've, I have heard some wonderful answers so far across all <laughs> I my videos. But nobody has yet to pick my animal. What's the, are you going to tell us your answer or is it a secret? Oh, I'll tell you my answer if you want to okay. know it. Nobody wants to hear my answer. Oh, rude. <laughs> a sloth. A sloth? Why? I am obsessed with sloths. I think they are beautiful. They are patient. And that is why they move so slow. But. This is the interesting fact about a sloth, and you can actually look it up. When they poo, they climb to the base of the tree and they dance. <laughs> they dance while they're pooping. Anything that can dance while it's pooping, I love it. <laughs> I did not know that about a sloth. That is great. <laughs> And they make the cutest noises. They are gentle. 
and kind, even though they have those claws, they are extremely gentle and all they want to do is hold you. Oh. If you ever have the opportunity to like see a sloth with a human, they will hold on and hang on, hang off your arm oh. or they'll hold around you and give you a hug. They'll reach their hands out to you. I need like They're an emotional support sloth. I, oh God, if my husband got me an emotional support sloth. Oh my goodness. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen the videos of Kristen Bell with how she's reacted to sloths. No. I, I would lose it. <laughs> I, I would lose it. If my husband got me an emotional support sloth, but I have 36 stuffed sloths around my house. So That's anyway. hilarious. <laughs> I'm slightly obsessed. I but mean, hey, we all gotta like something. They really are the and it's one of those things where looks are deceiving. Because to look at a sloth, a lot of a lot of people see slow, lazy, really big claws. And that's where they stop. Yeah. But they are so much more than that. Oh. And that's why I love them. So deep. And I think that's honestly why I love the entire rainbow community so much. Because every drag king or queen that I've met, every person within the community that I've met, is so much more than what the outside shows. You just have to put in the time to know them. Yes. And that's, that's why sloths are my animal. Because oh. they're more than what they appear. I love it. What a good answer. I mean, that's better than because I like to be warm. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's just, yeah, that's that's my answer to the question. Like, but I, you got to put in a lot of thought. Okay, <laughs> I've been obsessed with sloths for years. I love it. I love yeah. it. I feel like if I could be like a like specific animal, I would be like my Frenchie. Because he's just so fucking spoiled. <laughs> I've got dogs that are laying on orthopedic beds and floor pillows right now. Trust me, <laughs> I get it. My dogs live better than I do. Right. Oh, man. That is... I understand that. Well, Desi, my love, this episode is coming to an end. But oh, I hate to go. So for spending this time with me. Yes, thank you for having me. It was so much fun, and I'm so excited to listen to all of your episodes when they come out. Well, the first episode, um, obviously, will be, you know, after or before this one airs, but it is featuring Silver Fox from Florida. Ooh. We, yeah, we got into some legislative talk. 
but there, there's so much more even coming up after this episode that you guys are not ready for. I'm telling you, it's going to be good. Oh, I can't wait. So make sure that you are going over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash this Facker life. Even if you don't become a member, follow me. Follow me, add your name to the email list so that you get the email notifications when I do different things. You could do one-time do donation if you want to give me a little bit of support, or you can make it rain and do the monthly membership. Either way, $5 cheaper than Starbucks. And if you're like me, you spent $5 on things that didn't matter at all in life. This can matter. This helps you make a change. You guys, be blessed, be safe, be happy, but most of all, be loved. And I'll see you next time.